Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. Are we in real trouble due to the election? Are we in real trouble with COVID? How about the riots that are going on in the big towns all over the United States, mostly in Democratic-run cities? And the answer to that is yes, yes, and yes. Now, will Donald Trump pull through? It's looking more and more doubtful. But God's will be done, not mine, not yours. Everybody is subject to the will of God. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to read Jeremiah 51 and talk about what's going to happen in the Middle East, especially after January, after a change in our government, if it happens that way. And also, I want to read some parts out of Revelation that match. You're not going to hear stuff like this anywhere else, I would bet. Jeremiah chapter 51. This is what the Lord says. I will stir up a destroyer against Babylon. Now, where is Babylon today? Well, it's Iraq. It's Iran. It's parts of Saudi Arabia. It's Jordan. It's parts of Egypt. It's Turkey. It's Lebanon. It's Syria. It's that whole region. Why? Because Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, was the first world-ruling empire. The first king of kings, if you will. And this is what God has determined will happen, and not just in type, but also in anti-type, to Babylon. This is what the Lord says, I will stir up a destroyer against Babylon and the people of Babylonia. Babylonia was the term used for all of Babylon. It's where the, the Tower of Babel was. It's where Babylon is to this day. There's a city about uh, 100 miles, I guess, from uh, Baghdad called Babylon. At one point in time, Saddam Hussein was going to restore the city of Babylon and take over as King Nebuchadnezzar II. Wow. Now, the guy had a lot of ego, apparently. But anyway, let's continue. Verse 2, chapter 51, Jeremiah. Foreigners will come and winnow her. Now, when you winnow grain, you throw it up in the air, the chaff gets blown away. Foreigners will come and winnow her, blowing her away as chaff. They will come from every side and rise against her in her day of trouble. Don't let the archers put on their armor or draw their bows. Don't spare even her best soldiers. Let her army be completely destroyed. They will fall dead in the land of the Babylonians, slashed to death in her streets. 
for the Lord of heaven's armies has not abandoned Israel and Judah. He is still their God, even though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. So see, he will forgive the sins of Israel. And right now, about 50% of the, uh, the, the whole of Israel is secular. They're not in any way, shape, or form religious. And they are progressive leftists, a lot of them. So about half of them are on the left and half of them are on the right. So anyway, I think there are some major changes coming to Israel and soon. I think that the, uh, the new Abrahamic covenant, which Donald Trump in, in initiated, uh, will bring a lot of commerce to the area, a lot. And also its former enemies will become friends and allies which sets everything up for the end of the end times. And so that's what's going on in the Middle East, at least in my view. Verse 5, For the Lord of heaven's armies has not abandoned Israel and Judah. He's still their God, even though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. That's where we were. Flee from Babylon. Save yourselves. Don't get trapped in her punishment. It is the time for the Lord's vengeance. He will repay her in full. Babylon has been a gold cup in the Lord's hands, a cup that made the whole earth drunk. The nations drank Babylon's wine, which would be oil and its wealth, and it drove them all mad. But suddenly, Babylon too has fallen. Weep for her. Give her medicine. Perhaps she can be healed. We would have helped her if we could, but nothing can save her now. Let her go. Abandon her. Return now to your own land, for her punishment reaches to the heavens. It is so great it cannot be measured. Now to me... This is talking about fire and smoke. What happens to smoke from a great furnace? Well, it makes a lot of smoke that rises and rises and rises up to the sky. That's what this reminds me of, and we're going to see more of that in a minute. The Lord has vindicated us. Come, let us announce in Jerusalem everything the Lord our God has done. Sharpen the arrows, lift up the shields, for the Lord has inspired the kings of the Medes, that's Iran, by the way, to march against Babylon and destroy her. In his vengeance against those who desecrated his temple, raise the battle flag against Babylon, reinforce the guard and station the watchmen, prepare an ambush, the Lord will fulfill all his plans against Babylon. You are a city by a great river, a great center of commerce, but your end has come. The thread of your life is cut. The Lord of heaven's armies has taken this vow 
and sworn to it by its own name. Your cities will be filled with enemies, like swarming locusts. They will shout in triumph over you. No, you don't want to get caught in the mess that they're going to be in. And we're going to see what exactly he's talking about. What are they going to do to Saudi Arabia, to Iraq and Iran, and that whole region that Nebuchadnezzar was the king of kings over? The Lord made the earth, verse 15 of chapter 51, Jeremiah, The Lord made the earth by his power, and he preserved it by his wisdom. With his own understanding, he stretched out the heavens. When he speaks in the thunder, the heavens are filled with water, and he causes clouds to rise over the earth. He sends rain and lightning and releases the wind from his storehouses. The whole human race is foolish and has no knowledge. The craftsmen are disgraced by the idols they make, for their carefully shaped works are a fraud. Now, what could be a fraud? Well, these idols have no breath or power, he says. Idols are worthless. They are ridiculous lies. On the day of reckoning, they will all be destroyed. Now, where have I seen something like that before? Let's flip back to Jeremiah 10 and verse 11, and we'll see what's going to happen there. Well, let's start in verse 10, chapter 10, 10, 10, Jeremiah. But the Lord is the only true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. The whole earth trembles at his anger. The nations cannot stand up to his wrath. Now let's see what he says about idols in verse 11. Say this to those who worship other gods. Your so-called gods, little g, who did not make the heavens and earth, will vanish from the earth and from under the heavens. But God made the earth by his own power and preserves it by his wisdom. See, we read that before in chapter 51. Well, the idols are going to go away. And this is exactly what he's saying here again in chapter 51. But then in verse 19, well, let's see, let's back up to 18 and catch up. Idols are worthless. They are ridiculous lies. On the day of reckoning, they will all be destroyed. But the God of Israel, verse 19, is no idol. He is the creator of everything that exists, including his people, his own special possession. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. You are my battle axe, O Babylon, and sword, says the Lord. With you I will shatter the nations and destroy many kingdoms. With you I will shatter armies, destroying the horse and rider, chariot and charioteer. With you I will shatter men and women, old people and children, young men and maidens. With you I will shatter shepherds and flocks, farmers and oxen, captains and officers. 
I will repay Babylon and the people of Babylonia for all the wrong they have done to my people in Jerusalem, says the Lord. Look, O mighty mountain, destroyer of the earth, I am your enemy, says the Lord. I will raise my fist against you to knock you down from the heights. When I am finished with you, you will be nothing but a heap of burnt rubble. And there's the connotation with burnt rubble. Fire, smoke, heat, and destruction. Verse 26, you will be desolate forever. Even your stones will never again be used for building. Have you ever seen a burnt building or a uh, concrete block, let's say? Good, strong, concrete block. When it goes through a fire, it's nothing that you can build with. It crumbles, it cracks apart into pieces. So it will never again be used for building. Even though your stones will never again be used for building, you will be completely wiped out. So not only are your buildings going to be destroyed, so are your people. That's what I think he's trying to say here. Raise a signal flag to the nations. Sound the battle cry. Mobilize them against Babylon. Prepare them to fight against her. That's what's going on in the Middle East today. This is merely a preparation for the gathering of armies in the Valley of Jehoshaphat. It's in Israel. Bring out the armies of Ararat. Where's that? Turkey. Of many in Ashkenaz, appoint a commander and bring a multitude of horses like swarming locusts. Bring against her the armies of the nations, led by the kings of the Medes and all their captains and officers. Again, that's Iran. The earth trembles and writhes in pain for everything the Lord has planned against Babylon. It stands unchanged. Babylon will be left desolate without a single inhabitant. Now this is prophecy. This is not history. This is prophecy because there are still people living in Iraq today and also Iran and Turkey and all the other areas that used to be part of Babylonia. Her mightiest warriors no longer fight. They stay in their barracks. Their courage is gone. They have become like women. Their invaders have burned the houses. There's another connotation to fire again. And broken down the city gates. The news is passed from one runner to the next as the messengers hurry to tell the king that his city has been captured. All the escape routes are blocked, verse 32. And the marshes have been set aflame, and the army is in a panic. Do you remember the Gulf War? You can go to YouTube and type in the Gulf War and the oil fires, and you'll see that that's exactly what caught fire. 
those oil wells and those uh, rigs that pull the oil up out of the ground as if they needed much help in the Middle East, they really don't. They're under pressure already. In some, in some areas, they're actually on top of the ground. But that's what Saddam Hussein and his henchmen set on fire, about 800 oil wells. And that's what created all that smoke. I remember those, those days and seeing that uh, haze come over Florida and linger for a month or two while they were trying to put it out. Red Adair and his men went and put it out by um, lots of different ways, but mainly by water, which they pumped out of the sea. Verse 33, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Babylon is like wheat on a threshing floor about to be trampled. In just a little while, her harvest will begin. Now that, to me, is a prophecy for our day just ahead of us. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has eaten and crushed us and drained us of strength. He has swallowed us like a great monster and filled his belly with our riches. He has thrown us out of our own country. Make Babylon suffer as she made us suffer, says the people of Zion. Make the people of Babylonia pay for spilling our blood, says who? Says Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to Jerusalem. I will be your lawyer to plead your case, and I will avenge you. To be an avenger, you must be a judge. They're the ones that can make a judgment and avenge someone. I will dry her up. Dry up her river as well as her springs, and Babylon will become a heap of ruins. There we go again. There isn't much left when a severe fire goes through. Her people will roar like lions, strong lions together, and they will growl like lion cubs. In verse 39, I find particularly significant. And while they lie inflamed with all their wine, and there's inflamed again, when, when they lie inflamed with all their wine, I will prepare a different kind of feast for them. I will make them drink until they fall asleep, and they will never wake up again, says the Lord. Unquote. Let's flip on back to Revelation 16, verse 19 through 21. Well, in verse 16, he says, And the demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon. That's what it's talking about, the final battle. I'm going to drop down for time's sake to verse 18. Then the thunder crashed and rolled and lightning flashed and a great earthquake struck, the worst since people were placed on earth. The great city of Babylon split into three sections and the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. So God remembered all of Babylon's sins 
And he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath. Now let's stop right there for a second and go back to what we just read in verse 39 of chapter 51 in Jeremiah, where he says, And while they lie inflamed with all their wine, I will prepare a different kind of feast for them, and I will make them drink until they fall asleep, and they will never wake up again. Now, a lot of people don't believe that that is what happens to people who are wicked and don't repent before the day they die. No, they think that they go to hell and they burn and burn and burn for all eternity. But is that real? Is that what the Word of God says? We just saw that that's not what happens. Instead, we find that they never wake up again. Now, you can't be awake, burning, and suffering in hell and asleep at the same time. So, where did they get this idea? Well, from Dante's Inferno, which was a spoof about Plato and his idea that we had an immortal soul. No, we do not have an immortal soul. There's not a word about it in the Bible. Those two words do not appear together in the Holy Bible. Immortal and soul. No, instead we are souls. We don't have a soul that lives on beyond our death. No, when we die, the soul dies too. That is our life. That's our personality. It dies. It doesn't remain conscious. Verse 20, And every island disappeared, and all the mountains were leveled. Now that's a great earthquake that would do that. Yeah, it, it would create gigantic sea waves that would roll right over islands and make them disappear. And it would shake the mountains until they're gravel. Verse 21, there was a terrible hailstorm and hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fell from the sky onto people below. They cursed God because of the terrible plague of the hailstorm. In chapter 17 and verse 5, a mysterious name was written on her forehead. Now he's talking about the great prostitute. And here's what was written on her forehead. Babylon the great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I can see that she was drunk. There's the reference to a drink again. Drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. Why are you so amazed? The angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and the beast with the seven heads and the ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw that was once alive but isn't now, and yet will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go into eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names are not written in the book of life, which was written before the world was made, 
will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. Now, that reminds me of Babylon and Islam, the largest idol-worshipping set of people in the world. Islam was almost destroyed by the Catholic Church, and they sent out their armies under penalty of hell. If you don't, you know, the Pope could say, and did say, many of the popes said, that if these soldiers and these armies around the world did not go after these people and destroy them, they would wind up in hell. And they had such power over people that the people bought into that baloney and did what they said, except they couldn't destroy it all. So now it has come back to life again. And there you go. There's the beast. That's the identity of the beast. Verse 8 says, remember, The beast you saw, which was once alive but now isn't, and yet soon will come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction, which is what we just read in chapter 10, verse 11. It's one of those gods, little g, that is going to be destroyed forever. The people who belong to this world, whose names are not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. And so it is today. They are accumulating more and more power behind the scenes right now. We don't see that. We're seeing Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden and all that stuff that's going on as a result of the election. Verse 41 in chapter 51 of Jeremiah says, How Babylon is fallen, great Babylon, praised throughout the whole earth. Now she has become an object of horror among all the nations. The sea has risen up over Babylon, and she is covered by its crashing waves. Her cities now lie in ruins. She is a dry wasteland, at least part of it is, where no one lives or even passes by. I will punish Bel, the god of Babylon, sounds like Allah to me, and make him vomit up all he has eaten. The nations will no longer come and worship him. The wall of Babylon has fallen. We should read more of that out of the book of Revelation. So let's flip on over to Revelation 18 for a moment and see what it says. Starting at verse 1, After all this, another angel came down from heaven with great authority, and the earth grew bright with his splendor. He gave a mighty shout, Babylon has fallen! That great city has fallen! has become the home of demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit and a hideout for every foul vulture and every foul and dreadful animal. For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. That's what we saw in chapter 51, verse 39. It's repeated again in verse 57. So, I'm going to go back there and take a look at that. 
Verse 57 is worded very much the same way. For the Lord is a God who gives just punishment. He always repays in full. But he says, I will make her officials and wise men drunk along with her captains and officers and warriors, and they will fall asleep and never wake up again, says the king, whose name is the Lord of Heaven's armies. Now, if you're still one of those people who believe in eternal conscious torment in the fires of hell, consider these two verses, verse 39 and verse 57 of Jeremiah chapter 51. Because it doesn't say that they last forever. It says they don't wake up again. Their soul doesn't go somewhere else while their body burns. That's not what it says. No, it says they're in the second death. Hellmongers always mention chapter 20 of Revelation and verse 10. We'll go there and read it. Then the devil who deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. Aha, see, a lot of them will say. That means that they're burning forever and ever. Well, first of all, the false prophet is not a person, and neither is the beast. It's an ideology. Can an ideology feel pain forever and ever? Only the pain of ridicule, which you will also find in Daniel 12 and verse 2, and also in Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 19. Contempt, ridicule, and infamy forever. That's what this is talking about in my view. Satan himself dies. He's not going to be burning in hell forever and ever. He's going to be burning until he burns up, and then he will be gone forever. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. There's so much more to the story. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and read my book, Why Lie About Hell. You can print out a copy. There's a PDF right there. Just click on it and print it, the whole thing. You can go to the website, itellwhy.com. That's the letter I, the word tell, T-E-L-L-Y-W-H-Y.com. And until next time, I'm Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thanks for tuning in today.